Force O'Neill, thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 410 now of the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, I revealed to my son why he is called Gunner. Yeah, why I call him Gunner, and I don't spell it like all the other Gunners. I don't spell it A R, spelled with an E R. And over the Memorial Day holiday, I told him why. I presented him with something, and I'll tell you what that is. It's kind of an intriguing story. Uh, Also coming up, uh, it is the time for commencement speeches. And I don't know if you've heard about the commencement speech in Ohio where Jim McGuire decided to get up and address homosexuality. Oh, boy. (laughs) Boy, did Jim McGuire have a lot to say. (laughs) And Jim McGuire might be in a little bit of trouble. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, Ron and I are going to get together tomorrow, and we're going to kind of have a halfway meeting to see how the Ron and Don business is doing. Hey, you guys, thanks for using us as your realtors, your broadcasters, your friends. We really appreciate that. We're having another gangbuster year thanks to you, and thanks for referring us. In some cases, someone will listen to the podcast, and maybe you're not in a situation where you're going to buy, sell, invest, 1031, whatever that is, but you have referred us. We still have to go out and win the business. Uh, but we've won a lot of business because of you, because you believe in us and you trust us. And that means everything to us. And that's why we can still continue to do the podcast. We don't make any money doing the podcast. The money that we receive from some of our advertisers, we use to pay and produce it. But we do this because we love doing this and we love this connection that we have with you. Uh, but doing a podcast three times a week... Uh, is not easy, you guys. And it can be rather expensive. And so our advertisers help with that and you help with that every time you refer us in the real estate business. So thanks for telling people about Ron and Don, uh, sitdown.com. But as we've been thinking about goals for our business, you've been thinking about personal goals too, I guess, right? Well, I just want to take this moment, uh, you know, for years and years and years, we weren't necessarily, I've never been a, a New Year's resolution guy. And then you sort of got me turned on to the idea of not making a resolution, but making decisions or setting an intention. You have a motto for each year. And I thought this this was just a good time of year to remind people um, to go ahead and do the thing. And I've been really proud of you and of me this year. Uh, you just got your diving certification. You can go back a few episodes and listen to that. Um, that's a huge deal. And you had to overcome and strategize and do a bunch of stuff to, to get that done, uh, dealing with being in confined spaces and underwater. And we covered all that in those episodes. Episode 407, you guys. It's, it's a great episode. Yeah. But, but I, I, and I did the same thing with diving. I've also uh, been really trying to tackle um, my completing my tiny house project that I, as I look back over the years, I'm, I'm trying to make a video for that online oh, and I cool. need to learn how to do that better. But it's like so many people say, Oh, like when I post something about the, my tiny house online, I get so many people I've had hundreds over the years, like, Oh my God, like that's my dream too. And, and I want to do something like that. And what an amazing view. And I bet it's so peaceful and da 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 all those things. Uh, and whether it's a fitness goal or whatever it is, 
Um, I'm hoping this can be a reminder, and I want to ask you what your mindset is, but a reminder of to start and do it. Um, there's a task that you and I talked about for the business that I uh, am taking on right now, and I went to go print out the materials for it, and it's like 700 pages long. And when you look at it, it's incredibly daunting. But what I do is if I can do four or five pages a day, um, I will get through it. It's not going to happen in a week, <laughs> but you can't, my, my point is like you to start things. Yeah. So many people I think in their forties, fifties, sixties, they live in this perpetual state of nostalgia or fantasizing about the future. Oh, when, when the, the day in front of you is if, if you just start doing something today, um, the reason why the, the tiny house is getting done is because I do a little something almost every week on that. The reason why you have uh, all of these rental properties is because you do a little something every day. The reason why both of us can now plan a dive with our family member and friends is because we did a little something every day. So I, I want to just take a segment to maybe give people a nudge to say, whatever that thing is in your life, do it, man. Like the, the, you're not getting any younger. You don't know when you could have a health turn. Uh, you don't know when your financial situation could change. So if you've had that dream, start doing it. What What is your mentality? Because I think you're even a little more aggressive uh, with this than I am. Yeah, you know what would happen, and I and and I appreciate what you said about doing a little something every day. The I, I have a business partner. His name is Joe, and I've talked to, about him on this podcast before. And he has done things in real estate I can never imagine, but I've, I've learned a lot, a lot from him, uh, especially when it comes to buying homes and rehabbing homes and then figuring out how do you hang on to a home? That's not your primary home. How do you hang on to it? And that's becoming a landlord or re running vacation rentals, all that stuff. So, and I've learned it, I, I've learned a lot from him in doing this. And his mentality is, and he's a CPA by trade, when he gets up every day, and, and, and we don't do it every day, but we'll do it once in a while, especially on Saturdays when we get together to work, is he'll write something to me and just say, the word will just be attack, or it'll be three attacks, attack, attack, attack. And where he got that from was General Patton during World War II. General Patton did not believe in playing defense. He did not believe in waiting around. He didn't believe on, he believed in really what Hitler believed with the Blitzkrieg, that you get up every day and you're on the attack. And for a lot of people, if you if your mindset is, and his mindset is to get up and be on the attack, in other words, I'm going to self-launch into my life every day, and I'm going to participate. And things may not always go my way, but as they're not going my way, at least as I'm participating here, I'm learning things, and I'm learning from hard things. And also, as I'm participating in things, maybe I can make things better for myself or for my kids or the people around me, my friends, my next door neighbors, whatever that is. But it's really waking up every day with the mindset of, I'm participating in my own life today. Brene Brown talks about daring greatly. When, when she wrote that book about daring greatly, you know what it's about? It's about you participating in your own life story. And even though you may be alive for the next 30 years, were you alive for the next 30 years? Did you participate in your story? Or did you just get up every day and reflexively fall into the day? That's what I always struggled with. Because sometimes I would look back at these goals I had and I would just go, I didn't even come close. And the reason I didn't come close is because I wasn't always actively participating. 
And so when I made some shifts and changes in my life, when you make shifts and changes in your mindset change, and you make these spaces and places in your life to actively participate, your life is just richer. And even know that you will feel despair a little more sometimes, and you'll feel failure, you'll you're also really feel a, a sense of joy and a sense of accomplishment. And I think the other thing I want to add in when I was listening to that is if you're a perfectionist type of person, sometimes the result is that you just tried something and it doesn't work. Ron's talking to himself right now. Yeah, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> and and, and that, that, that was the huge key right? for you're me. Talking, you're talking to yourself. Yeah, yeah. not everything's going to be successful. Yeah. Um, I, I, a while back, I don't know why I did it. In the pandemic, I think. I was like, I didn't learn how to do the leather work. First couple of things I made were horrible. Absolutely horrible. But, and I was like, well, I, got, I bought all these tools. I might as well keep going. And now though I can, I can make some stuff that's pretty cool. But the, the the thing that unlocked it for me is like it's not about the object per se. It's about the fact that you wanted to do something and you did it. And so the the journey is the destination. I think for a lot of people with the perfectionist tendencies, do it anyway. And the destination is 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 the journey. And I will just say on say on this, the practical way of getting there. And sometimes people say keep a journal and we don't want to do that. If if you don't keep a journal, the practical way to get there, if you'll just do this every day, and I do this twice a day, and my son is a great reminder for this. We pray together twice a day, sometimes three times a day, sometimes too much. I'm like, I just want to eat my pizza. Daddy, we haven't prayed. Ah! And I'll be sitting there with a piece of pepperoni pizza in my mouth, just trying to pray. Uh, taking a time. The cool thing about our prayers is we never ask for anything. And, 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 and a lot of times he leads our prayer, and I listen. He's just being thankful. He's just coming from a, he, he is very, he's thankful. He is, some of the things he's thankful for, it blows me the F away. Some of the stuff he comes up with when he's praying. I'm just like, oh, so beautiful. Don't be a jerk when you get older. Uh, so coming from a place of taking time to be thankful for where you're at and what you have. And then, and then time blocking, time blocking, creating space in your day where you're going to take care of yourself and nobody else. Time block that. What makes you tick? Is that getting in a book nook and reading a book? Is that getting on a plane and going somewhere? Is that heading off to a park and walking the dog? Is that going for a run, a walk, a bike, whatever that is? Is that sitting in a certain coffee shop? Is it drinking a certain type of whatever that make time for that thing? in your week and in your day and take care of you. So like today, I normally would go work out after this podcast. But a lot of times if I work out after this podcast, I'm pretty tired and I don't do the workout that I would do normally. So yesterday and last night, I made sure that I time blocked my workout before the podcast today. And I had a bunch of other things I had to do and so did Ron. But I made sure, even though this podcast is important, and we had to shift the time of the podcast because he was doing something, I was doing something. We connected with each other and we said, hey, can we push it for 45 minutes or whatever it is? And we did. You are important. You have to take care of you. And a lot of times we take care of everybody else. We don't take care of ourselves and our lives and lives implode. All right. We will see you on the other side. When Seattle nonprofit Plymouth Healing Communities decided to sell one of their group homes for the mentally ill and homeless, board member Catherine Walker turned to Ron and Don. 
It was a complicated and delicate deal. They didn't want people traipsing in and out, disturbing the residents. So instead of hanging a for sale sign, the guys turned to their deep network and found a buyer themselves. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. And then they followed through on everything to make this happen. And Catherine says she was even more blown away by what Ron and Don did next. They offered to donate their commission. It was incredible. Their generosity had a meaningful impact on the lives of 47 residents in our organization. Heart, soul, expertise, Catherine says all of that and more is what sets Ron and Don apart from other realtors. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. They seemed truly service-minded as opposed to kind of transaction-minded. So whether you're selling or buying, take Catherine Walker's word and schedule your Ron and Don sit-down today. Thanks for listening to The Ron and Don Show. I'm G-Force O'Neill, the real brains of this operation. Hey, Dad, can we go get a sandwich? All right, you guys, welcome back to The Ron and Don Show. This is the time of year where where people are talking about commencements and giving speeches. (laughs) And then there's always someone like Jim McGuire that steps to the microphone. I'll talk about Jim here in a moment. When you think of commencement speeches uh, and ones that you guys can really listen to online, and maybe you've already listened to, to these, Oprah Winfrey gives a hell of a commencement speech. Uh, she is really incredible. She's given a number of those, so I encourage you to give her a Google. Also, Steve Jobs, his commencement speech at Stanford uh, is extraordinary. David Foster Wallace, This Is Water, maybe the best, one of the best speeches ever written, commencements or not. Yeah. It, it, is, it is incredible. And then also I think of Admiral McRaven. When he is speaking to the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns, and he talks about the importance, and I think he does 16 minutes on the importance of making your bed every day. And he was part of a SEAL team, and he talks about the SEAL training that he was in, what it was like, and how getting up when he was young and learning to make his bed every day prepared him to be a SEAL in the United States Navy. Uh, a really great one. So anyway, can you think of any, any, any others that you like? I, if you listen to those four and you actually absorb it, that'll change your life. Yeah. And, and I share that cause I think commencement speeches are important. And what I'm going to share with you, people would say, well, they should just do away with commencement speeches. And, and I don't think they should at the same time, if you're inviting someone to come, that's an alumni and they're going to stand up, walk to a microphone they may say something that you don't agree with, and what should our reaction be to that? So let me take you out to Ohio, uh, Marion, Ohio, and I'm just going to read from the USA Today and get your reaction wrong. It says, public outrage has ensued and now following a Friday graduation ceremony in Ohio where an alumni speaking condemned homosexual relationships in his commencement speech. Jim McGuire encouraged the graduates of River Valley High School to pursue the biblical principles of only romantic relationships between a man and a woman. After opening his speech by encouraging the graduates of the public school in Ohio's Marion County to spend time learning God's word, McGuire made the following comment about relationships. Quote, you choose a spouse. Then I also strongly suggest that you adhere to biblical principles. 
you know, a male with a female, a female with a male, he said. Although River High School has made the video of the graduation ceremony private, the district has made public the full transcript. Nobody tried to stop him. In a statement from the district, they clarified that McGuire was speaking on his own accord and not on behalf of the district. And in the meantime, uh, they talked to students and also faculty and people around Ohio. And they said when he said these things, it was so outrageous, it was so hurtful, and their jaw completely dropped. I will tell you this. I don't know why their jaw is completely dropping. Because the way that Jim McGuire feels at his age is the way that the majority of men his age feel in America today. That's the majority, not the minority. And I think the fact that you invited Jim McGuire to come speak and you didn't ask him what he was going to speak about and you didn't pre-approve this speech and the fact that you let him get up there and speak, this is what kids are going to face every single day when they go out in the workforce. They're going to face the Jim McGuire's. So you know what I would have done if I was the principal of that school? I would have said, hey, Jim, thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing. And now, and I would have done this at the commencement. Let's have a conversation about what Jim McGuire just said. Because guess what, students? You're going to be facing a lot of Jim McGuire's when you go out there to try to get a job. You're going to be facing a lot of Jim McGuire's when you go out there and you go to the next level of a university. There are Jim McGuire's everywhere. And I would have used this as a moment to teach and to learn instead of being outraged and our jaws dropping. Yeah, I don't know who Jim McGuire is. Uh, He's an alumni of the school. Okay, so I mean, I don't know if he's a famous person or just an alumni. No, he's just an alumni of the school. Yeah, Yeah, so really bad job by the school district. He said, I've been a commencement speaker speaker once. Uh, I was actually more nervous about that speech than going and doing a radio show in front of tens of thousands of people that we used to do um, for whatever reason, because you don't want to be trite. You don't want to be the guy that doesn't say anything meaningful, but you also don't want to go too long. It was here. Hey, my grandpa listens to you on the radio. You don't want to be that guy, guy. but you are that guy. So, uh, yeah, really poor job by the school district. Um, Maybe and a really poor job by this speaker. You're not there to uh, talk about the Bible. You're there to hopefully give some wisdom to kids at a public school that many of whom are not Christians. They could be Muslim. They could be Jewish. They could be all sorts of religious flavors or agnostic or atheist, whatever it is. So bad job by everyone all around. But I would say hopefully all the speeches this year, because many people are going to these ceremonies, keep them short. Uh, when they say don't clap for your student, ignore that. When your student gets up there to graduate, clap for your student. Uh, and and have I love it when there's four people that go absolutely crazy for one student that gets the diploma because we don't know how hard it was and the family for that kid to get that diploma. So I don't like the scolding of save all your applause to the end. It's like, you know what? My kid graduated. I'm giving him a whoop whoop when he, when he walks across that stage. Yeah. All right, you guys, more on the other side. Hey, you guys, we want to thank everybody in the Ron and Don Nation that has been switching to Mitch and Mitch.loans. Mitch, I got to ask you, here comes 2022. A lot of people are thinking money's going to be way too expensive. I'm not even going to be able to afford a home. What are you hearing about money, finances, stock market, interest rates as we start looking at 2022? What does it look like? That's a great question. And everyone's saying rates will rise. But when we 
we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, two and a half, three percent recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12, 15 percent. So still compared to that, rates are good and we see rates going up. But Rates will stay manageable, and money's still cheap, guys. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don, and you save half percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS, 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, the Ron and Don Show. And I just wanted to share with something with you. Uh, Memorial Day just kind of happened. And I did something here at the house that was just between... Uh, myself and my son. And I don't even know if Ron knows the full story here, but I'll, 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 I'll share this now. And it's, it's the reason why I call my son Gunner and I spell it G U N N E R, not A R. And people ask me all the time, why don't you spell it A R or spell it E R? And I say, well, he's, he's named after someone. Uh, but I never really tell people who he's named after cause it's quite a story. Anyway, we are in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And part of this story I've shared before, we have gone to war in Iraq and Afghanistan, and this is right after uh, 9-11. And um, we are at a movie theater, and Ron and I have locked ourselves in this movie theater all weekend, 24-7, day and night, because we find out that many of the men and women that are in the National Guard in Michigan, there were over 4,000 that were deployed, we found out that they only had two sets of Bates boots. And the National Guard, just so people understand, the National Guard was developed, and it's usually men and women that have been in the United States uh, Armed Services. And then when they retire from the Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast, whatever it is, being a Marine, they will decide, you know what, I want to keep giving back to my community. So in Michigan, for instance, you might say, well, well, there's a lot of flooding here, so or there's a lot of thunderstorms, or we get a lot of damage from tornadoes. So you join the National Guard, and your job is to take care of the people in Michigan. Or they have, you know, we have found out someone in Michigan tried to go ahead and they were thinking about uh, taking the governor out. Sometimes you send out the National Guard. So the National Guard was never designed to go overseas, ever. They were designed to stay here. What happened in World War II, there were 150 million of us, 12 million men and women went over there to serve, 18 million in all. That's a lot of bodies. That's a lot of beans. That's a lot of bullets. Donald Rumsfeld, when he took over the army and we were going to Iraq and Afghanistan, said, you know what we're going to do? We are going to do uh, more things, but with less troops. 1.2 to 1.8 million troops were sent to Iraq and Afghanistan, but they were sent over and over and over and over again. That's why PTSD is through the roof, you guys. Anyway, early on, we ran out of troops in Iraq. And they had to start sending the National Guard. Ron and I, when we went through Hurricane Katrina, the National Guard, the reason they weren't there to deploy and help in Louisiana, because they were over there. They were overseas. So they called the National Guard from other states. Back to Michigan. So we, we, we said, you know what we're going to do? Because the National Guard, you're just, you're, you go out there, you train one time a month. You don't go through a lot of boots. When you're all of a sudden deployed... They start going through these boots, and you find out these boots, when you wear them every day, only last 90 days, and they're only given two pairs of boots. So we decided, we called Bates, and we said, you know what, we're going to do something called Boots for the Troops. We, and how we did this, I don't know, but we got hold of the National Guard. 
we found out all the sizes that they need for all 4,000 soldiers. And, and we went ahead and we raised money in this movie theater to buy all these boots. Along with that, we sent beef jerky. We sent body armor. We sent radios because those didn't work very well. As troops were dying and coming home, we bought dress blues, dress greens. We bought cowboy hats, which are $212. We just saw cowboy hats for those in the 1st Cavalry. Uh, we bought gravestones, grave markers, flags uh, flying in mom's front yards. We did all kinds of, of stuff. While we're at this movie theater, a young man by the name of Chris comes into the movie theater, and he is in a wheelchair. His wife is pushing him in this wheelchair. And I start having a conversation with him, and he tells me that he is in the first Gulf War. And the reason he has come to talk to me is because we had a guest on our show by the name of Colonel David Hackworth, who had written a book called Steal My Soldier's Heart. And it is about things that happened not just in Vietnam, but happened in the first Gulf War. What happened in the first Gulf War, and the United States government was not honest about this, is many of our soldiers got chemically attacked. And Chris was in a tank recovery vehicle. What a tank recovery vehicle does, and they're pretty badass if you look at one online, is when an M1A1 tank goes down, an Abrams tank, they go out there and they're the tow truck for that tank. At the same time, you have to be able to fight. These are fighting soldiers that are in these recovery vehicles. And Chris was very young at the time. He was in uh, his late 20s into his early 30s. And he told me that he had been chemically attacked and that he was dying as a result of this chemical attack. He told me the reason he came to see me is he said, I heard you had Colonel David Hackworth talking about this. Colonel Hackworth was very involved on MSNBC as a talking head. But also, he was very involved making sure that these soldiers, Marine airmen, sailors, that they got the medical help that they needed. It was very important to him. And so Chris had this connection. He said, thanks for having it. And he said, whatever you do, don't quit. He said, the other three guys in my tank re- recovered vehicle that were between the ages of 25 and 34, he goes, they're all dead. He said, we all came home, but as a result of being chemically attacked, um, they have passed away. And there are 10,000, uh, at the time, there were 10,000 soldiers, Marine airmen, sailors that had passed away because they were chemically attacked after they had come home from war. So he said, whatever you do, keep telling this story. Would you keep telling this story? This is such an important story. And so we did, and we kept telling this story. And we made sure, along with Colonel Hackworth, that the United States government addressed this, which they did, and they provided medical help uh, for a lot of these returning soldiers. Uh, after I met him, I stayed in touch with him, uh, and he ended up passing away. And after he had passed away, uh, his wife came to see me and she said, uh, Chris wanted you to have us. And Chris's name was, was Gunner. He had started in, in the, he was a gunner, uh, G U N N E R. Uh, and that's what his friends called me. And she told me that, uh, Gunner had passed away and she said, he wanted you to have this. And it was a United States flag that was folded into a triangle. And this particular flag had been presented at his funeral. But this flag was very important to him because this flag flew on his tank recovery vehicle. In the Second War, you couldn't fly a flag off your tank or your tank recovery vehicle. They wouldn't allow it. But in the first uh, Gulf War, you did. And so when you look at this flag and you unfurl it and you look, you'll see the bullet holes uh, that flew uh, through this flag. So anyway, I told her, and I was so touched. Uh, 
I was so touched. And I just told her, I said, you know, if I ever have a, a son someday, I'm going to name him after Chris and I'm going to call him Gunner. And here we are uh, 12 years later with a Gunner O'Neill. And I was able to share that story with him over the weekend, present his flag and, uh, and let him know why uh, we spell his name the way we spell it and uh, why I call him that. So that's not my son's real first name, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, but that's why I call him Gunner. I call him G-Force. And, um, anyway, very proud of all the men and women out there uh, that have fought on our behalf. And just thinking about you over the course of this Memorial Day. And as we head into uh, the summer holidays. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don show. We appreciate you. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. If you need us, just reach out. Ron and Don sit down.com. That's Ron and Don sit down.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don show. Olay on the Ron and Don radio network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.